Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. And Navy did win. Welcome aboard the Sing Second Sports Podcast, being broadcast live to tape uh, from our sponsor, Dry D5, here on Main Street in Annapolis. It is a bustling Wednesday evening here in uh, downtown. Really uh, great weather conditions today to get outside, play golf. It did not feel like November. It was like mid-60s. It was actually kind of warm. And did you play golf? I did not play golf. I would have liked to have played golf. I was. That's I where was, we should have been. That's where this outing should have gone. But yes. I mean, my main concern, Chris Cervello, who made the trip all the way up from Florida, you know, for this for this monumental occasion of us, pay, you know, taping the pod in person, the way that we first conceived when this first thing, you know, when this whole thing first happened. Now we're finally doing it a year and a half later. The biggest question and concern I have is, are you cold? Like, are you feeling okay? It's a little chilly. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I'm uh, sporting my Belichick uh, sweatshirt here with no sleeves, and I'm kind of wishing that I had sleeves uh, because it is chilly uh, here in Annapolis. But do, it was a nice do, day. Is that the Belichick? This is that, is the, is that what you asked? That's the Belichick look for sure. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, we're talking to you, Bill Belichick. Uh, <laughs> when uh, you're on your bye week, which happens to you be know, we're during gonna get Army him Navy on this week, pod. we're going to get you on the pod, and we're going to have you grade our Belichick's sweatshirts um <laughs> but i am i'm placing the warning order out there now that that joe cardona and bill belichick are on a bye week during army navy game week so number one they should be at the game number two they should be on the pod so i digress let's get right into business monumental event last night um the midshipmen go down to jpj in charlottesville i mean people walking around with ascots driving seven series you know your standard charlottesville thing and we go ahead and take the number 25 ranked team a team that just won the national title with a couple of guys still on that squad and we defeat virginia 66 to 58 it was quite simply an awesome thing to see. But if you lived in Annapolis and don't have a particular cable network, you don't get the ACC network, so you probably didn't watch it live. But if you were watching it online, I hope you really enjoyed the result because I thought it was pretty huge. So, Wags, I'm going to throw it over to you first. What was your evaluation of this? And number two, we talked a little bit about it before we actually went on air. Is this just Virginia, you know, being the butt of everyone's, you know, anger and aggression? They're kind of like the Duke out there, right? Like, everyone loves it when they lose. Oh, UMBC beat you. You were the one seed. They were the 16. Too bad for you guys. We don't feel bad at all, actually. I actually think that UVA is a very good team, and this is a huge upset. A lot of people are saying it's otherwise. What's your take? Oh, no, John, it is a huge upset. This is a massive accomplishment for Navy men's basketball. Virginia has been... And just a, for the last 10 years, an outstanding program. Um, and, you know, they won the national championship. That's all we need to say. This is a program that has captured a national championship. And Tony Bennett has done a remarkable job. Now, I'll preface by saying that the foundation of everything Virginia does is the pack line defense. It's not easy to teach. And 
you are not going to start the season executing the Pat Klein defense to his standards and to the level that they expect. He has transfers, new kids, so it's going to take him time to teach that. I did not see much Pat Klein defense at work against Navy. I mean, Navy lit him up. Navy came out and hit 10 threes in the first half. I mean, they were just draining them. John Carter Jr., Sean Yoder in particular, I'll give you some of the specifics. Carter scored 19 points. He had 16 of them in the first half, almost all on threes. His final, he didn't, he was held scoreless for much of the second half. His final three came with 24 seconds left, was just the dagger, as they like to say. That's called him coming in and saying, I'm taking the reins from Cam yep. Davis. Well, so, it yeah, was good well to done. see John Carter step up and say, I'm the man. Because we that was one of the questions we had. Who's going to be the go-to guy? And then Sean Yoder is a surprise. He was originally brought in as a point guard. And they've shifted him to shooting guard, and my God, he shot well. Three for three from outside, from three-point range. Had a couple nice inside plays. He also had some clutch shots down the stretch. We should note, Navy did this without two key members of the rotation. Austin Inge, who you like. The microwave. Vinny Johnson. Yeah. yeah Austin Inge was is slated to be the starting point guard. He's been battling an injury in preseason, so he's behind. He did not play at all. And Patrick Dorsey, the guy we love, Mr. Versatile that does so many different things. He also did not play. And then the Joker, as nicknamed by John, Richard and Joko, he only played nine minutes because he missed three weeks of practice with an injury. So Navy did this without even being at full strength. So Ward, I'm going to throw it over to you. You were psyched when you saw that result, weren't you? No, I was psyched. And watching the game, it just, to your point, from the get-go, from the opening tip, Navy just had this attitude, you know, with hitting the threes, with crashing the boards. It was totally exponentially building on the success that we watched up close and personal last year. You know, and we had the gift in a COVID year of being able to be in the alumni hall uh, atmosphere and watch it happen. And we saw the chemistry and we saw the, the potential of this team. And I'm telling you what, I am super excited on what I saw last night. It's wide, it's deep. It's not a singular player. There's not a Cam Davis that you're riding like a yard pony. It is a, like you said, how many of our key members were not playing, but they didn't act like they didn't have the starters going end to end. So I tell you what, I am super excited for this season. And would be because there were guys that were out, and Richard only played nine minutes. The other two guys I mentioned to play, other guys came in and stepped up. This Chris, Christian Silva hit a huge basket down the stretch. Greg Summers didn't have one of his typical games. He was asked to play a lot of point guard because of the fact that Austin Inge wasn't playing. So he had to take on a little bit of burden of ball handling and distributing, which took away his ability to score. But he was there. Yeah. He was there. Well, Summers the other guy, delivered. Yeah, he Summers Very played much. well. And the other guy we got to mention, John, and I'll pass it back to you or Chris, but how about Daniel Devers? I love that guy, the big boy. And he had some clutch shots, some nice rebounds. Seven and, points in the end, I believe. Yeah. And it's really interesting. What Coach DeCellis had mentioned to me, he's kind of like a secondary point guard. He's a really, really good passer, and they like to get it to him in either the lower high post and have him dish. Well, that's how Carter hit the clutch three at the end with 24 seconds left. They threw it to Deaver. He drew a double team, kicked it over to Carter for an open three. I like Daniel Deaver. Steve Buckhantz back in the day would have yelled dagger on uh, that three. Um, an, an absolute uh, game ender uh, for sure. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I remember from last year, Ward, I mean, Christian Silva logged some important minutes, particularly when Cam Davis 
um, had to miss that game uh, with COVID. So, you know, I, I really believe that the depth is there. It does remind me of football from four to five years ago where you just knew that there was depth there and someone was going to deliver. I get the same feeling. Like, we saw it a little bit last year as they made the deep run. But you can go almost 12 deep with talented players here. And a lot of these teams, and again, I'm going to invoke the Villanova name, which makes everyone so happy. But, I mean, even in a throwaway game last night, Villanova's rotation only went to nine against Mount St. Mary's, and they beat them by 40. I think Coach Tatelis can go 12 deep easily, and that's going to make a big, big difference when you get into the Patriot League uh, well, schedule. Well, what, what I love and what is amazing or what is heartening at this point in the season is sometimes in those games you get to the middle of the second, or you know, get the, to the three-quarter mark of the first half, and you're like, oh, geez, we're leading, right? And you're like, oh, okay, so let's just put a pin in that, and then we'll just phone it in for the rest of the game, right? Like it's some anomaly. Like you have no expectation that you can win. But these guys were attitudinally just postured to win. And, and whatever coach did, you know, to this point, to instill that, this is the X factor that we've lacked. You know, it's what the football team currently doesn't seem to possess. And so this is what is super exciting going yeah. into this season. Yeah. And, I mean, speaking of people who ride stable ponies um, with great aplomb and athletic ability, Chris Cervello, um, you know, what, from, from your perspective – I mean, basketball season is here, and we're about to get to the great you know, event that's taking place at the end of this week and how good it is for Annapolis and for you know, the Naval Academy. But in the short term, how much does last night's win kind of salve over you know, the, the difficulties that the football team's going through right now? And, and again, like the credit of you know, the, the continuation of the physical mission that – hey, the football team can lose to Notre Dame one day, but then all of a sudden your, your basketball team is turning around and playing the number 25-ranked team in the country. You want to be a D1 athlete you know, of repute? Why don't you come to the Naval Academy? You're going to play the best there is out there. You know, that's an interesting question. I hadn't thought of it in, in that regard. I think it's a big win for the program. It's a big win for Coach DeCellis, who caught a lot of shit because of how they performed in the uh, Patriot League tournament last year. Um, you, you know, he is a coach... Um, that, you know, honestly has not really had his teams perform to, I think, the talent of the team and the talent of the coach. So this is a great way to start off the season. I think it's good for him. I think it's good for the team. I think it's good for the Naval Academy. Now, I still think we're a football school at this point in the calendar, right? So I still think if, if, you know, if you were weighing the scales, I think more people are still upset about football than they are jazzed about basketball, but it's a great way to start. We're going to roll into a great weekend with the Veterans Classic. Um, hopefully we beat Virginia Tech. Uh, and then now you have two wins over, you know, two decent schools. And it's a, it's a good way to start off the season. So let's get to what's going on this weekend. And, and we were just talking on the last pod about how great uh, Tom Rinaldi's um, essay was about Travis Manning and Brendan Looney, how, how awesome the coverage was of the Navy-Notre Dame game. We, we're, we're communicators you know, at this table here at Dry D5. Many thanks to our sponsors, Dry D5 and Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis. But we're, we're all communicators, and so we love the idea of this institution getting more press 
And Friday night, as Virginia Tech comes comes in, an, another very good ACC team to battle Navy Ward, you know, this is a, another great opportunity for CBS Sports, um, you know, to, to do a couple of essays about what it's like to be a student athlete here. I, I really think that this helps us continue to recruit not only for the 33 Division One sports that we have at the Naval Academy, but for the, the brigade of midshipmen for you seeing this evolve this was the veterans classic was not a thing when you were a mid the veterans classic was not a thing when you were on, when you and i were on staff at loose hall this is a new thing and and quite frankly i think is a coup for ed DeCellis because you do not get teams of this caliber to roll into annapolis to play in an arena that holds less than five thousand people you know in, in this type of scenario no that's exactly right and you framed it perfectly i really can't add anything to the way you've you've teed it up the only thing I will say is it feels good to love a team the way that I love the basketball team. Not just because they won, but because of the attitude. It's, it's the, the Chet expect to win. They expected to win. They never stopped expecting to win when it was getting close and when they were down a, a couple of baskets from time to time during the game. And that's, that's what we need. That is the manifestation of the physical mission. So... Um, I hear what Chris says about this is still football season. Roger that, you know, until we get through the Army-Navy game, for sure. But, oh, my God, it felt good to cheer and, and love the performance and be super proud end-to-end with the grit and the talent and all of that. And, and so this, again, is just building on what we learned to love last year. Now, Wags and I and you in Alumni Hall learned to love this team, learned to love basketball at the Naval Academy in a way that's been years in the making. Yeah, it got us. It got us so close to the action. You know, it was it was Wags, you, me, Pete Medhurst, Mike Heary sitting in there. No one else in the stands. You know, Phil Hoffman's taking photos. Debbie Lott is taking photos, and then here we are. You know, like we're we're basically the fan base last year, and and yeah, it, it changed the way that I looked at this team. And watching him play Loyola, how many times was it? Like six. Oh times? my God! If I had to watch Santi Aldama just drop <laughs> was, bombs on us one more time. <laughs> oh, and then Yikes. remember the very first game against Loyola, and I told Ward before I said, "This is their guy, man. He's a Spain, from Spain. He's their guy." And then he. Did nothing, and Ward's like, I don't get it. It, And now he drafted in the NBA draft, Ward, this guy, so I guess he does have some ability. I'll weigh in real quick, John, on what you were talking about. It is absolutely one of the most brilliant things Coach Jealous ever did to create this Veterans Classic. And the genesis was he saw games being held on aircraft carriers, and the Navy wasn't involved, and it's like – they're using our resources. They're out in San Diego on an aircraft carrier, and it's Michigan State playing North Carolina. What's going on here? And so he's created this event, and now Michigan State comes here. North Carolina comes here. Maryland, Maryland. comes here. I mean, and it's just been a steady stream of big-time opponents on, as you mentioned, never could Navy get these schools to come to Alumni Hall. No way. No way. And so it's been brilliant. I love what they do. I'll be out there tomorrow covering the Veterans Classic Tour. They do the same thing every year. They bring the teams in. You mentioned Loose Hall. That's part of it, and that's actually one of the funnier ones. They send the visiting teams into Loose Hall to do the um, 
the simulator, the ship simulator, yeah, ship simulator, and then they always run into an iceberg, or they're trying to get out of San Francisco Harbor, and they run into a bell buoy. <laughs> None of those guys are going to be the officer of the deck on USS Harry yeah. S. Truman, but like Chris Cervello was. And being, and I, I mean, that ship simulator is pretty cool, by the way. I love going in there and just watching it because it's so realistic. But um, they do that, and then they. They bring some helicopters and a Humvee and whatnot onto the uh, field over there by where the, the football field is across from um, from the uh, sailing center, Robert Crown Sailing Center. And then they get on some YP boats, and then they culminate the tour by watching formation prior to launch. And it's really cool because you're t- these kids have no clue. They have no clue what the Naval Academy is about. They come here. They see mids hustling. They're all in uniform. They're going to class. They, they are in all of the serious business going on at the naval academy so it's really really cool i mean the tour is the same thing every year but every year i love it because it's a new set of players coming from out you know other schools who are in all of this setting and it's pretty darn cool well you know and i'm gonna go over to ward on this i mean it, it speaks to the value of what we do through navy recruiting command right ward like you know there there are myriad activities that we take part in you know navy band blue angels you know things that we do in order to continue to replenish the force right and getting information out there to a very large populace of the country who trusts the military but a very, very small amount of that populace out there even understands the military. They don't know an M16 from an M1 tank, from an LCS, from a hole in their head. So having this ability to not only have CBS Sports do this, but then have other teams go out there and, and get that immersive experience on the yard of the, of the helos out on the, uh, out on the intramural fields and the ship simulator. And tomorrow, Chris Cervello and I are going to be there at Morning Colors with the team captains and the coaches as they observe uh, colors from T-Court. This is huge. And, and we cannot forget that we are always in a position where we're trying to educate people about the military and for us to have this audience and and this exposure to people who are going to go off and either play in the nba or be ceos in boardrooms is huge right absolutely and the thing that people should understand about that is it's just the organic osmosis right we're not this isn't theater that we're putting on with the exception of landing helicopters on farragut but you know, anything else is just wander around and be present when things that go on every day are going on and, and take it in, right? So we're, we're not putting on a, a show for these visiting basketball players. This is, they're just being allowed access to what happens on a regular basis. And that's what's pure about these interfaces, right? And so hopefully they get that. You know, I, I want to pile onto that because I think that in addition to the Veterans Classic, that to me is the coolest thing about beating a school like Virginia, right? I mean, because John and I, you know, kind of took stock of all of the uh, tweets and, you know, the Facebook posts and Instagram and whatnot. And, and to have Navy celelebrated um, for uh, beating a team like Virginia. And kudos to Virginia for hey, playing did, us. did Brian McGrath tweet anything? <laughs> oh, Please God. tell me. Oh, he, no. He was very if upset. If you're out there, Brian, oh, come Con, on. Con's Wahoo yes. was not happy. No, he wasn't. But, you know, the fact that a school like Virginia will play us, the fact that we are able to rise to that level and send that message, it's all part of showcasing 
the unique talent that these young men and women have at the Naval Academy. That's what's so great about when you get, you know, Fox Sports uh, or Fox NFL Sunday here. It's what's so great about playing Notre Dame and, and being a part of that pageantry. It's I mean, we've had a big week in terms of eyeballs on the United States Navy and on the United States Naval Academy. And it's not over yet, right? It's going to finish up this weekend with the Veterans Classic. And and not to sound like the 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 PAO wonk here, but the second and third order effects down the road is that, you know, during budget season, the more that you're on people's eyeballs, you know, the, the less likely it is that elected officials are going to defund your program because they see the efficacy of it. Now, th- that's, I'm leaving out a <laughs> wow. shit ton. I'm leaving out a ton of things we're, we're com- that are in the middle. We're combining podcasts here, John. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, honestly, like, I think in the end, you, you put yourself in a position where it's harder to to be against, you know, either budgetarily or, or philosophically um, against something that you see being portrayed in such a positive light. I mean, brand identity is a huge thing. So having the ability to host this, again, yeah, I'm going to try to bring us back to square one, and then we're going to go to WAGS to kind of break down the other teams playing in this competition. But I, I really do think that Coach DeCellis deserves so much credit. Not that Don DeVoe or Billy Lang or anyone else is just sitting on their hands and didn't want to improve the brand of the Naval Academy, but this was transformational, in my opinion. I don't think that's histrionic to say. No, that that's not histrionic. Now, affecting the the five-year defense plan may be a bit of an overstatement. <laughs> I mean, over the fit-up, they're uh, going to be like, <laughs> maybe they'll play Michigan State again. That's important. Yeah, they went to T-Court, therefore they're going to tweak the program of record. I, maybe not, but it's a, it's a starting point. It right? could We're happen. Talking about, it could happen, right? We elected Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, okay. I tell on, you man. what, this all this series of events, Notre Dame, Fox NFL Sunday, and the Navy beating Virginia, makes me and completely forget that that ship ran into an underground sea mound. <laughs> See, Wax gets it. <laughs> See, I mean, that, he, he's a current events guy. So let, like, <laughs> let me. That ship, you mean that submarine? Is that what you meant? <laughs> You're so close. Well, it is a ship of some sorts, <laughs> an underwater ship. And don't just call it a YP in the future. That's 106 feet of American fighting steel no, that, that defends, that defends our freedom. I took that thing up and down the Delaware River and made sure that that blanket of freedom you sleep under is comfortable and warm. That yard patrol is the official name. There you for, go. For our yes, listeners who do go. not know what YP stands. We go beyond the yard. So, Ward, please finish your thought before this totally deep. No, I think I was done with my thought. All right. right? So, like, let let me segue it. So, uh, again, all credit to, to Eric Rudin for, for making me a, a huge fan of the Veterans Classic because back in 2000, I believe, 15, uh, he called me, you know, down to uh, Ricketts and was like, hey, uh, we we understand that you're a pretty big sports fan. We're getting this whole thing off the ground. It's a veterans classic. We were wondering if you would walk around one of the basketball teams and be their ambassador while they're here. You know, we're not quite sure what this thing will look like. There will be static displays on Farragut, and you know, we're going to play you know kind of a miniature Veterans Day classic at, at Alumni Hall. And I was like, oh yeah, that, of course, I love sports. You know. Like, uh, this was uh, th- this was 2000, I think, either 14 or 15, the first year that we did it. I, I want to say it's 14 because I think I did it two years. Um, if I'm wrong, I'm sure that there's a Google machine here that someone can pull start. But Rudin calls me down there, and he's like, hey, you know, so we'd like you to escort around one of these teams. I'm like, yeah, which team? And he's like, uh, Michigan State. <laughs> and I was like, uh, yes. And, um, you know, like, hilarious thing. I mean, we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, no dis- you know, no discredit to NAAA, but, like, I was driving around Tom Izzo in my old Honda Accord, 
you know, like showing him around like Annapolis and like Darius Garland, the gigantic assistant is in my backseat, could not be less impressed. He's like, when do we start practicing, bro? But it was so neat. And, and Tom Izzo, who is every bit of a big deal, was, was so enamored with it. And, and so that is the opportunity that we have to influence people like Tom Izzo, Roy Williams the next year, Mark Turgeon with Maryland. There have been some fan, Fran Dunphy and Temple. There have been some fantastic teams. And now this year, there are plenty of, of narratives and subplots to, to who's coming in. Virginia Tech, a very good ACC team. Utah State, everyone loves Ogden, Utah. It's gorgeous. But, you know, the head coach of Utah State has a personal connection here that Wags is going to educate us about. And then the Richmond Spiders, who everyone's expecting to be in the NCAA tournament, they are a great team. Um, in fact, I'm going to see them in person in the Bahamas in the Bahamar Challenge uh, in Nassau. Maryland plays Richmond on Thanksgiving Day. I'll be there getting tan, getting all swole. You know, I'm already in beach We're broadcasting mode. the Sing Second Sports podcast from there? We might. I mean, it depends on what my connection is. It's always bad. It's going to be, I'm, I'm sure the cellular connection in Nassau is better than what I have in Arnold, Maryland. But oh, so you just answered my question. <laughs> we, we will not be in the Bahamas. No. You will be in the Bahamas. Hey, listen, I mean, it, 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 the door is always open, but if you can, Wags, like break us down a little bit, you know, how the, a lot of people are probably like, you know, oh, in the past we had North Carolina and Michigan State and, and all these guys, and now it's just Utah State, Virginia Tech, and Richmond. All three of these teams could be in the NCAA tournament. Right. Well, before I get talking about the Veterans Classic and its matchups, let me put a bow on this Navy-Virginia uh, game. The, the big takeaway is that it's the first time Navy has beaten a team ranked in the Associated Press top 25 since the David Robinson era, 1986, when David Robinson led Navy to an upset of Syracuse in the Carrier Dome in the NCAA tournament. That is the last time Navy men's basketball's beaten a top 25 opponent. That was like Pearl Washington and yeah. Derek Coleman. And, uh-huh. Oh, my God. Right. And Pearl. I mean, it, so that's a long time. 1986, I was in college, three years out of high school. Ronnie Cycling, I think, mm-hmm. was the center. He was, well, number David, four. Number David four in your Robinson. program, number one in your heart. David Robinson. Well, I just wrote that because they had the anniversary. David Robinson wrote, didn't like something Ronnie Cycling said, and he said he will not score more than six points. Cycling fouled out with four points in that game. But <laughs> that was that's the one notable thing. The other one is this game was held at John Paul Jones Arena in Charlottesville. Navy ended a 24-game home winning streak for Virginia. So a lot of really significant elements of that. So now let's go on to the Veterans Classic. Navy will be playing Virginia Tech. And it's really interesting when you hear uh, during our, our media day that you were on, the Navy Basketball Media Day, they talked about Mike Young is the coach at Virginia Tech. And Coach DeCellis is like, yeah, I remember when I was the head coach at East Tennessee State 35 years ago, and he was just an assistant, and then he became the head coach at Walford. Well, he, Young was at Walford for like 19 years and had amazing success. A long time, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, and he's now gotten the opportunity to coach Virginia Tech, and he's already doing pretty well, has gotten them to an NCAA tournament. The guy who is the star player for them, a preseason all-ACC pick, is Kevi Aluma. He's a senior forward. Uh, that's the guy that fans are going to be watching. But the, the, when you talk about teams from the ACC, like Virginia Tech, which is a potential NCAA tournament team, you're talking about a lot of size and length. And so this is going to be another challenge for Navy. And what's interesting is Navy starts the season with three straight ACC opponents. And I was loving some of the Twitter 
feedback last night in the wake of the Navy beating Virginia is one down, two to go. I mean, could you imagine if Navy were to open the season by beating Virginia Tech at John Paul Jones Arena in Charlottesville, coming home, beating Virginia uh, Tech. I'm sorry, beating Virginia. Yep. Coming home, beating Virginia Tech in Veterans Classic, then going on the road and beating Louisville. It's 3-0. and Put them in the NCAA tournament. Oh, and and Louisville. I mean, it that that is a good squad. Chris Mack is kind of up against it this year. I've heard his name associated with the hot seat. That's the uh, that's the KFC Yum Arena, right? Or is that yes, Memphis? It is. That is horrible. Game. I mean, that is the <laughs> worst. I mean, come on, have some self respect. So, so yeah. I mean, I think after the first three games, at the very least, you know, Navy's going to be up there with one of the hardest schedules right. in in NCAA and. And it is going to prepare them for the rigors of the uh, Patriot League uh, regular season, you know, slate. I, I, we're going to get into like what the Patriot League looks like when we get into January and we come off the uh, the holiday sojourn, as it were, as it were. But I really think this gives them an opportunity to 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 see, you know, where their skills are. And I'll tell you what. Sean Yoder has me sold. I, I accidentally thought it was uh, Daniel Deaver the other day, but I had my 13-year-old in there shooting baskets in Halsey, probably against the rules. It says only midshipmen or staff. I'm staff. So we were in there in Halsey, and, and Carter is shooting around, and there is Sean Yoder with one of the assistant coaches at 9 a.m. on a Saturday, the day of the Notre Dame game, and he is working his ass off. And, and it sure as shit like came yeah, out and, well, that's what you saw. And, it, it, and made a difference. He, he is putting in the work, and I think that his effort is emblematic of what the rest of the team has right now, Wags. Yep. Um, and the reason that coaches uh, DeCellis has uh, scheduled these three very tough opponents, and there are some other tough non-conference opponents coming up, is because he feels he's got a good team. He's got a lot of experience. He's got a veteran squad, and he feels they can handle this. Um, let's talk about the... The opener of the Veterans Classic, that'll be Richmond versus Utah State. Richmond has been a solid program for a number of years. Chris Mooney's the coach. He's an outstanding coach. He's gotten Richmond in the NCAA tournament several times. I'm looking here. They're picked second in the A-10, which, you know, they're, they're contending to win the Atlantic 10 Conference Championship again, which would be automatic berth. And if they're runner-up in the A-10, which has really improved its chops over the years, you're probably also in the in the NCAA tournament. And they have several preseason all-conference picks. Guard Jacob Gilliard, forward Grant Golden were first-team all-conference picks, and Tyler Burton, a forward, was the second-team pick. So they got players. They're legit. And then the interesting oddball here, and it's not too odd, is Utah State. And you wonder how in the world... Does Coach DeCellis come up with Utah State? Uh, but it's be, it, Ryan Odom is the connection. Ryan Odom, son of Dave Odom, longtime coach at Wake Forest. Coached a guy named Tim Duncan, not a big deal. That's right, and Randolph Childress and many others. Um, but Ryan Odom was at UMBC and had incredible success. We already referenced earlier in the pod that UMBC upset Virginia the first time that a 16 seed ever beat a one seed. And Ryan Odom parlayed his success in at UMBC to getting the Utah State job. And when Ryan Odom was coaching at UMBC, he lived here in Annapolis. He lived at, in Park Place for a while, and then he lived... Hunt Meadow. He, yeah. was, he was neighbors with uh, Mike Heary, I believe. That's right. And uh, his son went to Spalding. And so a lot of connection here. And I think that uh, Ryan and Ed developed a friendship. And I think Ryan may have inquired about the possibility of UMBC maybe getting into the Veterans Classic. 
And so Ryan's out there in Utah State, and one of the things he did was bring a couple UMBC players have transferred because they want to finish their careers with their coach. And one of them is Brandon Horfath, a six foot eight forward from Southern High School in Harwood. He's a, had a great career at UMBC, and now he's going to extend and have one more year at Utah State. So we'll see Brandon here. And so that'll be interesting for fans to see a local kid playing in this uh, Veterans Class. Somewhere out there, Pete Medhurst just went crazy because you mentioned Southern High School. But that's yep, right. Go ahead. So I think that's a compelling matchup for your opener. And uh, that's at 6 o'clock. And then um, 9.30 is the scheduled tip for Navy Virginia Tech. I think it's two good matchups. I implore the fans to get out and support the the tournament as a whole and the Navy midshipmen in particular. I think it's going to be a great couple. I'm looking forward to the doubleheader, John. Yeah, so one public service announcement, I speak from personal experience here, like if you're coming from out of town, you know, very rare occasion that someone's in Blacksburg or Ogden, Utah, and and traveling out here for this, uh, uh, for this occasion, but, you know, please understand that it's going to take a while to get through the gate, you know, like there's an in-processing thing, you can't drive your cars on unless you have a military ID, so please be patient. I ran into this during the, the North Carolina year, um, where like... Carolina traveled everyone to Alumni Hall and you know Carolina fans just didn't understand that this wasn't the Dean Smith Center and they couldn't just walk on so you know if you're a fan out there and you're trying to attend the game please you know do the research ahead of time understand that you'll, you're going to have to have a form of ID in order to walk to Alumni Hall and go from there um, so yeah if you do um, or if you're coming into Annapolis there is information on the site you can go to uh, Navy Marine Corps Stadium, and they will bus you on as well. You won't have to walk, although with the weather right now, uh, unless you're Chris Cervello, it's probably short sleeve and, and time for a nice walk. So um, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm really, really excited about the Veterans Classic. I think it's going to be another great example of, of what we do and, and how we can showcase ourselves. And again, WAGS is going to be on the tour. Chris and I are going to be at Colors. Ward's going to be playing golf, YouTubing, you know, doing his thing. But Ward, before we go out, I'm going to give uh, take two minutes and give me what your best case scenario is for the basketball team, your worst case scenario is for the basketball team, and then prediction. Where is it going to land? Well, I mean, the best case scenario would be, um, you know, to do what we did last night consistently across the entire season to get a berth to the NCAA tournament and to make it to you know, the, the final eight, um, you know, at least to mirror what happened in, what was that, 86, 87? What year was that? Six. 86. Um, you know, and, and the, the other thing that I would like to see in the most general sense is the brigade to support the basketball team, uh, you know, to the degree that they support the football team, right? Now, I know that that's a forced march to go over there to the games, but, you know, Alumni Hall is not far from Bancroft Hall. It's not a COVID year. You guys can go. So, you know, get over there and support this team. They, are, they merit your best, best look. And because the basketball arena is small, we know firsthand that enthusiasm from the stands can make a huge difference in terms of the uh, outcome. No doubt. I mean, the one, the couple games that they allowed mids in, and it wasn't many, but it was, it was, the atmosphere was great. Remember that ward last season? I do remember that. And there were a lot of cutouts. Remember that it was a very COVID yeah, right. cutouts in the stands. But yeah, there's yeah. David Robinson. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and McCain and Alan Shepard and all right. kinds of people. But, 
you know, come on, Brigade, let's support this this great basketball team and let's cheer them on to, uh, you know, the NCAA. I do want to take an opportunity to thank all of our sponsors, especially Dry 85, uh, who is hosting us. Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar are big sponsors of this podcast, as is the Montana 3000 podcast, as is uh, Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis, who hosts our post-game report each and every week as is Academy Consulting and Nate Connor. We're very happy for them. And the Graduate Hotel. On the 20th is our final pregame tailgater. Tailgate party. Yeah, that we'll have at the uh, at the Graduate Hotel. That's been a lot of fun as they've tried to do more. They've got a lot of people coming into town and that they're, they're hosting and getting people amped up before they head over to the stadium. But, John, before you take us out, let's talk a little bit about the other things that happened this week. First of all, we were at the soccer game yesterday, which was really uh, exciting to see. It was disappointing um but i was pretty proud of the guys in the way that they played i mean they they ran into a very good american team um but our boys played well yeah i and we were talking to eric rudin uh when we saw him down there at american and and again you know american was the number one seed in the patriot league tournament for men's soccer for a reason and that's because they are wildly talented um and i have to take my hat off to them because you and I were talking at halftime, and I was saying, hey, you know, they just stuck the dagger in us um, with that just paralyzing goal uh, with three seconds left. They're probably going to sit back. And then I kind of started evaluating what they've done all year, and I was like, no, they're, they're absolutely going to attack. And they attacked. They did not play like a team that had a two-goal lead. They did not sit back. They went in, and they took it to us. We were able to get a goal on the counter. But then the talent of American, you know, really, you know, it, it, it shone through. And, and you have to tip your cap to them. And I stand by what I said. American is going to go. You know, I, I don't know who won um, between Loyal and Army to play them in the final. Um, but, you know, I, I assume American is going to defeat that team. And they are going to make life very difficult for someone in the NCAA tournament. That team will win multiple NCAA tournament games. So hats off to the men's team for a good season. They're not going to get an at-large bid. Wow. So real-time update here. Um, Loyola men's soccer beat Army. It's going to be an all-Maryland slash D.C. affair with Loyola traveling to the only, like, I mean, let's call it old-school Wrigley Field, the only unlit soccer facility, <laughs> the only unlit soccer pitch in the, uh, in the Patriot League. So... Yeah, if, if Loyola can pull the upset, yeah, hats off to him. But I really do anticipate American going to the NCAA tournament and winning a couple of games in the men's uh, tournament. So, John, the last topic that I want to talk about is um, our discussion and our conversation about uh, the Navy-Notre Dame game. We received a lot of good feedback, as we do week in and week out. We don't typically read uh, or share uh, what I would call positive feedback, um, you know, because it seems self-serving. Uh, but we did take a couple, uh, I would say, constructive emails. I want to read one uh, for uh, for our audience. Um, you know, th this was from uh, a, a new friend of the pod, Bosch, uh, who is a, a 91 grad. 96 minus 5 yet. Right. Uh, a 91 grad uh, based out of Texas. Um, I'll, I'll just read a couple things. Bosch said, I've been listening to your podcast since the beginning, and I haven't missed an episode. Overall, I love the mission of the pod and the analysis and insights. The Navy Notre Dame wrap-up was a huge miss for me. I happened to be in South Bend for the game, my first trip to Notre Dame Stadium, and while I was certainly disappointed by the result, I had a completely different reaction. 
Uh, he goes in to talk about, um, you know, how difficult it is to play Notre Dame, what it means to play a uh, number 10 team, um, and that this is the type of game that gets people uh, to be there. Um, Boss says, being at the stadium, the amount of love and goodwill the Notre Dame fans showed to Navy and our armed forces was tremendous. I was moved at several points during the game. Watching the team stand together during the playing of the alma mater after a hard-fought battle is moving. Full stop, Ward. (laughs) He also says, I agree we have a quarterback issue. We have two sophomore quarterbacks that didn't get a normal freshman year due to COVID. Um, further, he said, do we burn it down? Question mark. This is the most successful period of Navy football over a 20 year period ever. Uh, last year's devastating pandemic season is still wreaking havoc on the program. If you burn it down, be prepared for years of losing and mediocrity until a new coach can get a, a new system. Ken says this all the time. Winning is hard. If you don't believe it, look at Texas. Uh, And then he goes on to finish up by saying, I hope you all will bring a better attitude to your analysis in the future. It's okay to be disappointed. I know I certainly was, but maintaining perspective in the face of adversity is something we want in our midshipmen and our podcast hosts. So we take that feedback. I mean, you you know, I appreciate the good, the bad. Uh, Ward, um, you know, what what are your thoughts? Uh, You know, he kind of took a a little bit of a critique. You're an aviator, so you're used to people telling you the good and the bad. He uh, didn't like what we had to say. Yeah, I mean, not only am I an aviator, I've been in the media space as long as, as I was in the Navy. So I have been Teddy Roosevelt's man in the arena. I've taken massive shots over the years. So, yeah, I'm a big boy. Not a big fan of the full stop, for one thing. Um, but uh, I appreciate his impulse. I also respect that he was there, and I was watching it on TV. So certainly he got another dimension that I was not aware of, and, and I respect that. Now, in terms of his dismount, uh, sort of you know, telling us that we need to bring it back to more positive, you know, as a longtime listener of the podcast, he should know that we take the long view. And it's not our job to be, you know, carry the water for NAAA. Uh, and generally, our enthusiasm is sincere and a function of our bias towards being pro-Navy and Navy sports. Uh, so, you know, I think that was just a little bit too much at the end there. But certainly, you know, he was basically pointing at you and me for our, our takeaways. Um, but we're humans, and I think this pod is only worth something if we are uh, sincere at, at every moment and week in and week out. So, and, and the sincerity, I believe, is critical here in that you and Chris have a perspective that Wags and I don't and that you're graduates and that you're closer to it than we are. And, and you had an experience going through Plebe Summer and going through four years that, that we can't replicate. I tried to replicate. I got you know, kicked out of West Point. So, but in the end, I, I really do believe that there is a certain... It's almost like the Olympics for me, right? Like, I'm not trying to say that this podcast is amateur hour, but I do like the fact that we can be impassioned graduates. We can be authors. We can be journalists. We can be former staff members. We can, we can draw on our experience and then offer takes that, that are educated to a degree. But if, if I wanted to do this for a living, I'd be applying to ESPN, you know, up in Connecticut. You know, I, I do believe there is a certain purity to our take that is coming from a different perspective that fans don't get from the play-by-play and color guys. Yeah, and so the other thing with respect to my impression of 
the navy blue and gold. Again, what tweaked me was the arm-in-arm with the opposing team and swaying part. Okay, so that's not how you sing navy blue and gold, full stop. And so that's my, that was my problem with it. And I stand by that takeaway. So, so where are you on saying or screaming at the top of your lungs, oh, during the national anthem? Because I don't like that either. <laughs> All right, Wags, like go ahead. Right? Well, I'm not an Academy graduate, and, but I've been covering Navy for a long time, and I believe in the respect level that blue and gold engenders. And I, I was with Ward during lacrosse season last year when the lacrosse men's lacrosse players swayed together and I said I don't like that that's not the way blue and gold is supposed to be sung I was at a women's basketball game last night the season opener and after the loss the Navy women they stood at attention with their hands over their heart and that is well that is the posture for blue and gold so I agree there I'm surprised that officer leaders have not come down on various sports teams for not following the proper posture of blue and gold but so i'm kind of with word on that i will just weigh in real quickly and i appreciate mr bosch's letter and we we absolutely want as much feedback good bad or indifferent we we want to hear what you have to think of the pod the best thing is it used to be joe gross preceded me as the navy beat writer and he wrote columns that were sometimes a little off the wall and it Every day there was a letter to the editor, Raps Gross. And it, they used to joke and say, Joe, did you change your name to Rap? Because the headline of the letter always said Raps Gross. But, you know, Ed Casey, the old executive editor, said, you know what that means? They're reading. And uh, Joe, Joe, love them or hate them, they were reading them and they drew a reaction. But I will say this. The one thing about the tone of the letter was that we should be homers and rah-rah guys. And we're not that. We are... Even though Ward is a graduate, Chris is a graduate, John was a longtime officer, uh, I am just a media. I'm completely unbiased entirely, although obviously I want good things for Navy. But we are not homers and rah-rah. We're going to try to call it the way we see it. And it's been a long season of disappointment for football, and it wears on you. And every time we get on the pot, every week, and break down another loss, we're saying the same things over and over, and it gets old. So sorry if we have reached a point where we were a little critical, but I think uh, based on where we are in this season, two and seven, uh, some critique is is worthy. I'll just finish by saying that um, I'm always going to be critical of, of this school and of uh, our athletic program because I love them as, the way that I do. I grew up uh, a Navy fan, um, you, you know, a, a lot like Mike James, who we've had on the pod before, who we had on the Believe podcast. I grew up in Southern Maryland. I went to these games as a kid. I went here as a mid. My dad, you know, uh, an enlisted guy, uh, was so proud to be able to come to these games. And, and you know, I want the best for it. And I, I try very hard to share my emotion, good, bad, and other, as I know Ward does. Um, and you know, when, when we mess up, I, I love that people call us on it. I love the Bosch, you know, hit us between the eyes. I love that Scott Strassmeyer every day after we post the podcast is the first guy that texts Wags and I and tells us where we gooned up and tells us where, how we can do better. That is what we love about this. So we wanted to take this last couple, uh, you know, these last couple minutes in this pod and, and, you know, kind of recognize that, Hey, we do make mistakes. Hey, we love the feedback and, uh, keep it coming.
as we say in the fleet, a letter of reprimand is better than no mail at all. Right. right? That's how I live my career. Well, and I will say this to all who have critiques. This, is in essence, is live radio. We come on here, even though the pod is taped, we're doing it live. And if we have a mistake, it happens. With live radio, we're, we're not robots. We don't have every bit of information on total recall. So there's going to be some mistakes, some bad takes that happen in live radio. Now we can, when notified of egregious mistakes, and we haven't had many. We've done a lot of pods uh, over the last two years, and we haven't had many egregious mistakes. But when notified of a of mistake of any sort, we go back and correct it. And that is the beauty of having taped it. We can go back and correct. Well, I, I even apologize for my critique of the uh, between quarters uh, jumbotron action, right? You know, so we're, we're not beyond going over the line and we're not here to piss people off unduly, right? So, you know, again, thanks, Bosch. Appreciate you listening and we appreciate the feedback. We're all doing our job to force multiply uh, the message about the criticality of the physical mission and, and why it is so much different here than it is anywhere else. And, and that's why we do what we do. So to Bosch, thank you for the feedback. You know, as Jack Schofield said, you know, get concerned when the football coaches stop yelling at you. If they're still yelling at you, you're good. When they ignore you, you're in trouble. So, you know, keep yelling at us, uh, keep holding us accountable, keep giving us feedback, keep, keep giving us ideas. And in the end, please, please, please support the brigade, support these athletes, go to the athletic events. Hats off to men's soccer and women's soccer for great seasons. Good luck to volleyball as they compete in the Patriot League tournament this coming weekend. Um, water polo, track and field, golf, we're going to cover it all. We're going to bring you all the athletes. If we haven't gotten to you yet, we apologize. We will. The alligator closest to the boat this coming Friday. Virginia Tech comes calling. We're going to end with this. Great friend of the pod, Chris Hoffman, just recently lost his mother. Teresa Hoffman was a wonderful woman. Uh, she gave birth to two Naval Academy graduates, Patrick and Chris. Also, another son, Robert, was a, an Army major, and, uh, and we're going to miss her. Uh, Chris is a great friend of the pod, and I know that you're hurting right now. We're here for you, and this is the way that this pod is. It's a family, and we really enjoy the connection that we have with everyone out there. We're excited about the basketball season. We're excited about the end of the football season. We're excited about sports in general. Thank you for being a supporter. Thank you to Dry 5 and Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis. I'll tell you what, gents, it was really, really nice to do this in person because... I would be remiss if I did not use the word alchemy to, to take this out because, Ward, we have it. Please pregame here or at Red Red Wine Bar before the Virginia Tech game on Friday night. We'll see you on the next podcast. For Chris, for Ward, and Wags, I'm John. This is Sing Second Sports. What a fun time. Beat Virginia Tech. We are out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of the podcast segments.